This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 5.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. First up this hour, we look at allegations that our long-distance bus drivers are being overworked. Now, this comes from a story that was shared by a passenger on a long-distance bus, Shu Ling, uh, said on her Facebook post that um, th- well, what she did essentially was to call out bus companies and their exploitative practices. She said a bus driver for long-distance trips across Mal- Peninsula Malaysia were allegedly forced to work uh, long hours and uh, that this bus driver that I guess she had met uh, uh, you know, had no sleep for six days passenger was traveling from uh, Johor to Pera and had to purchase a bus ticket at about 10.30 p.m. She said the bus, however, arrived only at 2 a.m. So she took a nap, and then when she woke up at 5 a.m., she found that the bus driver had not traveled very far, and it was moving at only about 30 kilometers per hour. I'm not a no, I'm not a car driver, but I, I suspect that's very slow. Uh, no, that is that is very slow. Um, so, I mean, something didn't seem right. So this passenger then uh, found out, I mean, basically she was awake at this point and then the bus started swaying to the right lane, a vehicle honked at it. So after a while, the driver basically told the passengers that he couldn't, simply couldn't stay awake and asked whether he could take a 30 minute nap. Uh, but after that, Turns out he was still driving dangerously, so a passenger actually suggested that he switch with another driver, only to find out that there was only one driver on on the bus. Eventually, uh, what happened was that the driver had to call for someone else to come and uh, take his passengers. Most of the passengers switched buses, but there were a couple of people whose destinations weren't on that new bus route. Um, And so the bus driver offered 80 ringgit in cab fare to get them to the destination. The bus driver, essentially the person who put this post up, Shuling, uh, was one of those that was offered a ride by the bus driver to her destination as it was closer. And this was when, as you said, Sharad, he spoke to her about the sleep deprivation and so on and talked about the fact that he had mentioned to his employer about this extreme fatigue, the fact that he didn't think he could safely transport passengers, but that the company had responded by assuring him that it was feasible and that he should just drive at a reduced speed. So so this is emanating from the company, right? The company is not providing the extra driver. The company is saying that it's fine to drive at 30 kilometers per hour. The company is not concerned with uh, issues of fatigue and how it might affect uh, d- driver coordination or ability to drive safely. So it does seem to be a real problem with this particular company. The question is, how uh, general, generalizable is this uh, to other companies And is that something that we see happening in the industry? Yeah, because... These stories tend to pop up off and on, stories of uh, taking a uh, bus ride, a long-distance bus ride, finding that they are either driving dangerously. Um, There have certainly been stories of drivers um, almost falling asleep at the wheel. Um, The issue of long hours is also something that has been brought up before. But I think part of the issue, of course, is one, it is quite difficult for people in these positions to speak up because they're afraid of their jobs. Um, And of course, on the other hand, a lot of the regulation falls to the individual companies themselves. So um, that also means that it's a little bit of a closed system. 
Yeah, so you'd hope that actually there's an industry-wide um, bar for some of these issues. I've, I take uh, buses often to Singapore that's five hours, not particularly long, um, and they're not overnight buses, but there's always two drivers. There's always an alternative on the bus, uh, in, in the, you know, on the, you know, on the ride that I take, the service I take, and um, they always seem to drive at a reasonable speed. I've, I've never, in, in fact, encountered the kind of problems that Chulings speaks about. But I I don't doubt it could happen. And we've had many stories in the past of, of drivers reportedly on drugs. And those drugs perhaps are to, in fact, keep them awake, not to put them to sleep or put them in the mood mm -hmm. to chill. You know, it really is about keeping awake, right? And there are many ways you can do, you can take, well, many substances you can take to keep awake, including sugar. I mean, you could just eat a lot of sugar constantly to keep yourself awake. So we are, um, actually, those are a number of points that you bring up and we will be discussing it very shortly with our guest. We will be joined by Dr. Ahmad Farhan Mohamad Sadullah, Professor of Transport Engineering from USM. But we are talking about um, a, an experience relayed on Facebook by a bus passenger talking about over, an overworked bus driver nearly falling asleep at the wheel, not having an alternate to take over. And so we want to hear from you. What have been your experiences taking long distance bus rides? You can call 77332900. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Banish feudal mentality. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. It is 5.14. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. And we're talking about long-distance bus drivers and essentially overworked long-distance bus drivers. This comes from a Facebook post that relayed an experience with being on a long-distance bus ride where the driver was overworked, needed sleep, didn't have a replacement. So we're going to try and understand what really happens behind the scenes when it comes to this long distance bus driving but we'd like to hear from you what have you what have been your experiences you can call 77332900 send us a voice note or whatsapp 0187898899 tweet us at pfm radio joining us now on the line is dr ahmad farhan mohamad sadula professor of transport engineering at university science malaysia uh, thanks for joining us uh, dr farhan so firstly what kind of hours are our bus drivers expected to work? Are there requirements in terms of how many hours of driving versus rest they should get? Yeah, uh, okay. Um, I actually am referring to um, SPAD Industrial Code of Practice uh, Safety Guide for Bus Operators. Okay, This was issued in the year 2013. Uh, and prior to that, uh, I think JPJ has also issued uh, several procedures for bus drivers. Okay, so to answer your question, um, there is a limit. Okay, uh, maximum of driving without rest is four hours. Uh, maximum driving hours per day is eight hours. Okay, so my uh, the, the the previous one is actually driving without rest. So four hours straight is the maximum. Uh, uh, cumulatively for a day, there is a maximum of eight hours, and um, uh, uh, in after the four hours break, uh, after the four hours of driving, there there must be a minimum of thirty minutes break. Okay. 
and um and the maximum number of working hours uh, per day is 12 hours okay uh, so i repeat eh? uh, maximum number of driving straight is 4 hours maximum numbers of driving per day uh, with rest is 8 hours uh, after 4 hours there must be at least a 30 minute uh, break and uh, for a day their maximum working hours which includes other things is actually 12 hours, 12 hours so that is stipulated in the icop chi as as we know it uh, and it has been um, implemented and enforced by spad uh, but now um, i couldn't yeah, i couldn't find out whether it's still going on after spad is no longer uh, uh, in in place now, we've heard many anecdotes of bus drivers driving recklessly due to physical exhaustion. Uh, what have you heard about this and have there been any complaints being made on behalf of the drivers? Okay, um, we must understand, you know, uh, we, had, we had a lot of bad history of bus-related crashes, serious ones uh, where many people died. Um, um, and um, the government, uh, through Myros at that time, uh, actually came up with uh, measures <clears throat> to improve the safety of buses. Eh? And uh, when SPAD was uh, incepted back in 2009, the responsibility was given to SPAD. And um, the reason why we have this SPAD ICOP uh, safety guide is to institutionalize safety for buses and giving the responsibility to the owner of the buses, right? So if this uh, uh, standard is being uh, followed, we should not have uh, such uh, stories, right? Because part of the procedure is uh, driver safety, uh, vehicle safety, journey safety, uh, and uh, vehicle safety. So uh, in each of these uh, guidelines of these four different safety that a company has to look into, uh, it includes uh, um, uh, how, how does a driver behave? You know, uh, what, how do we recruit drivers? Uh, and these are being monitored. Uh, and uh, because it is a, a requirement of SPAD then, uh, if any company does not uh, conform to this, uh, they they it might jeopardize their license. All right, so that's how we institutionalize it. But as I said, uh, I'm not sure now. Um, the the fact that these stories appear, perhaps uh, things have have gone lo loose a bit, which is sad, because we have worked hard to come up with the ICOPSI and uh, we actually institutionalize it. And at that time, we were happy that a lot of bus companies conform to it, take pride of their safety credentials and use it as part of their marketing. Uh, but as I said, I'm not sure now. Okay. So the answer is that we should not listen. We should, we should not hear. It should be a... Uh, an exception rather than a norm. But unfortunately, we do see, especially this year during Hari Raya and so on, we do see crash uh, involving buses uh, uh, beginning to uh, reappear, all right, which is worrying because uh, we did not have significant number of cash crashes involving buses for the past few years. But when it reappears, it, it gives you the shivers. Lah.
because we do not want to go back to square one. So if we look at the bus companies themselves, do they currently conduct assessments of their workers' well-being and whether the drivers have the capacity to drive long distances? Oh, yeah, of course. According Again, I'm referring to the, to the standard. Uh, they, they need to screen every driver that they are recruiting in terms of their past records, in terms of their competency, uh, in terms of their attitude and aptitude. So that is part of the recruitment. You know, uh, as I said, we have come a long way. When I was the DG of Myros, I remember we, we tried to institutionalize uh, the profession of a bus driver. And if you can see, some of our bus companies actually attempted to elevate the uh, the standing of a bus driver and call them pilots, right? And Rapid KL, for one, is doing that. And some of the uh, some of the uh, express buses also do that. This is a small effort, but we have also talked to uh, the Ministry of Human Resource, actually, in the past, uh, through DOSH, uh, Department of Safety and Health, uh, to, uh, to look into the career path of uh, the bus drivers. Uh, it cannot be you know, uh, randomized and uh, uh, a career with no future. Uh, you you need to look into its career path and and make wages to be uh, you know acceptable and also attractive, so that we can create a a proper profession out of bus driver, which is which has a very important role in society and with big responsibility. And we always have the parallel of the airline pilots. You know, they are similar, except one is on the road and one is on the air. Both have risk. So why do we have double standard against um, buses? Of course, we don't expect the the wages to be as high as a pilot, but at least it is something that is uh, not is is something that 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 can um, uh, persuade uh, you know youngsters or people to to use it as a as a profession. So what's lacking in terms of providing bus drivers support they need to do their jobs? I think the companies should regard the bus drivers as the biggest asset. I mean, without drivers, the buses will not move. So I think due respect and due recognition must be given by the company. That was our effort. Uh, We want companies to be responsible. You know, when companies are responsible, they will make sure that their drivers are being taken care of. Uh, the 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 welfare is is adequate, you know, and not only that, the working condition is also good. So um, and the the scheduling of the bus uh, will have to accommodate the restriction uh, in in terms of driving, you know. So what happens if uh, if you exceed the maximum time? Then you have to you have to make sure that there is a replacement driver. So there are two ways of replacing. Uh, either you have a replacement driver on board uh, or you have a, a, a station where the driver takes over in, in one of the stops, you know, in one of the R&R, for example. And we do this. Uh, we do this on the uh, ETS. Uh, I think, uh, you know, once they they come to their maximum hours of driving, uh, they will make sure that uh, they will not go beyond that because it is a, it is sort of a taboo and a bigger sin if you allow your driver to drive beyond the maximum hours. 
Uh, and therefore, you find a replacement point, you know, and, and I think typing or call counsel or IPO is for ETS. So you need to find all that and, and good companies do actually practice that. So, so the onus is on the company. And the company has to take responsibility. Uh, and that is the reason why we penalize companies for not conforming to the uh, standard code of practice. So there is obviously a system in place to ensure this runs. What are the issues here in terms of how that system is being planned and managed? It's always about demand, demand and supply. All right. Uh, in transportation, it's always about demand and supply. But demand and supply must be balanced with safety in hand and also the comfort um, of the passengers uh, in, in mind. So companies have to juggle this. Um, they must know when the demand is low so that they can reduce the number of buses on the road. Uh, so scheduling the timetable should should be uh, you know should be planned according to the expected demand. Right. The problem with Malaysian bus companies, uh, I know through experience that they don't really have a proper analysis of their demand all right and in fact they are also sometimes almost not sensitive to the um to the behavior of their passengers uh, in terms of their time frequency and so on so this this is important because you need to plan and you need to know whether uh, your current fleet is adequate whether your current number of drivers are adequate and, and to balance with the potential demand, right? So when your demand peaks, especially near Hari Raya and all the festivities, you should anticipate it and you should plan for it, you know? So that is the reason why we uh, advocate that the profession is made more professional so that, you know, there might be a, a pool or part-time drivers that, conform to safety standards you know they they may have other work but during festivities when there's a lot of demand for drivers uh they you know, this this may be gig economy workers they they have other things to do but they also possess a license uh to drive buses and they actually are competent drivers but we must to make sure that there is a system to have this you know to make sure that they are a pool of competent drivers that can be uh used uh, on basis of payment uh, on the short term rather than a long term. You know, these are all HR management that needs to also come in. Dr. Farhan, uh, thanks for speaking with us. That was Dr. Ahmad Farhan Mohamad Sadullah, Professor of Transport Engineering at University Science Malaysia, uh, speaking to us about the long-distance bus driving industry, bus dri bus industry, um, and in a larger sense, the overworked drivers. This comes from a Facebook post where a passenger complained about a driver lacking sleep, driving dangerously, and not having a replacement driver on board. So we'd like to hear from you. What have been in your experiences taking long distance bus rides, you can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. Be free, Malaysia, BFM 89.9.
the business station. It is 5.39. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila and Sharad. We've been talking about long-distance buses, um, particularly because a Facebook post has been making the round, um, talking about these bus companies essentially overworking their drivers, not giving them enough time to rest, not having a replacement driver on board leading to a dangerous ride for passengers. So we've been asking you, what have been your experiences taking long distance bus rides? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio. We have a number of thoughts coming in on this. So um, let's start with DK, who really just says, these bus companies are really taking us for a ride. Um, that's interesting. Okay, yeah, they're taking us for a ride in one sense, uh, DK. Is it that they are not providing us the safety that uh, we assume they are uh, morally obliged to, or or you do you mean just to? Uh, play on the on the word right. I think it's a it's a twofer that one. It's a commentary as well as an opportunity for a pun. Uh, but I think maybe the, the the point I'm taking away from that is also in the end there is an obligation here, right? Because it's not just about getting a passenger from point A to point B. It's also about doing that safely. Um, and it often sounds like when we hear of these sorts of incidents that the focus seems to be on. Let's make sure we get our passengers there and not so much on the fact that let's make sure we do it the right way. Um, We have actually Wings saying, what is the point of guidelines and procedures without enforcement? The onus shouldn't be just in the hands of the bus companies and road safety agencies should be playing a more active role to ensure procedures are being followed. Is it so difficult to log the driving hours of bus drivers? All too often when there's an accident, the root cause is being assigned to just human carelessness when the real problem is something systemic. So, yeah, so referring back to the interview we did with Dr. Farhan, you know, he noted that SPAD or the Land Public Transport Commission, he said it was disbanded in 2018. Should companies take care? Of course they should, because it's good for their brand. If their brand is associated with crashes and death, you know, it's not good business. But, uh, you know, self-regulation doesn't always work, right? And that's where the role of government comes in. But since it's, um, you know, since it was uh, disbanded, uh, SPAD hasn't come back. And the question that Dr. Farhan asked was whether the rules that were... I think they put a lot of effort into it. The rules established to create safety and to create a professional sentiment among drivers so that they would themselves upgrade their, their service and, uh, and work ethics. Uh, it's unclear where that's gone. And, you know, uh, and so that's my concern because he, what Dr. Farhan does quite brilliantly is to say, make a correlation between bus crashes and regulation. So once there was a regulatory framework, bus crashes went down. Mm. Well, now we see the reemergence of uh, uh, major crashes with buses. What is that due to? And it sounds like there isn't actually a lot of clarity in terms of what the where the authority now lies as well. Um, so Shariza's basically saying, I thought the bus drivers were paid by trip. If so, isn't the bus driver to blame for overworking themselves? Shariza, so um, our guest, Dr. Farhan, earlier did refer to bus drivers who take this on on a gig basis. However, in the particular incident that was being highlighted on Facebook, um, the driver did share that he had in fact 
told the company that he was tired and was told by the company to go ahead and drive anyway and just to drive slowly, being the the solution that was given to him. Um, let's see. We also have Mizi saying, apart from drugs being taken to keep awake, I believe some bus drivers play music loudly to stay awake too. On a JBKL late afternoon journey, the bus I was in played music really loud. So loud that he didn't hear one of the tyres exploding when we were near Malacca. Luckily, some passengers heard the sound, insisted that the driver stop to check, by which time all the rubber had been cut away, leaving only the steel rim. It was a close call for all of us and we only had to suffer arriving KL at 10pm instead of 8pm. Can't imagine the repercussions if nobody heard that explosion. The bus company should take more responsibility where tired drivers are concerned. No one would want to be overworked if they were decently paid or if the employer didn't try to cut corners. Every time there's a horrible bus or lorry accident, we seldom get to know whether justice was served because I don't think the blame or responsibility should rest solely on the drivers. Yeah, it shouldn't. But the question in this instance is listening to music on your headphones, is that a, is that an acceptable practice? Because it wasn't a tired bus driver, but it was, it was a tired tire that burst, right? But okay, also just a point of um, clarification, they ha- there is a replacement for SPAD. It's called the Land Public Transport Agency or APAD, uh, which was established uh, on January the 1st in 2020 um, under the Transport Ministry. So the question is, has it just taken over all the same functions mm. and does it still oversee the regulation of the industry? And actually, part of the issue here, of course, is that when these sorts of anecdotal um, experiences or these sorts of stories are highlighted, whether in the media or social media, we don't usually hear of a direct response from the authority or, or do, nor do we hear, like Maisie is pointing out, eventually what the outcome was or what the investigation was. And I think that contributes to a general feeling of, um, oh, these things happen and nobody ever does anything about it. Yeah, that's an unfortunate perception, right? Because it then uh, builds distrust in the use of um, intercity bus services. Um, I personally have never had a really bad experience with the bus services, and so and, and you know, and I go fairly long distance. So, um, but uh, it, I guess it can happen. And if you've been caught in it, it could mar your experience or your choices. You might then decide, well. I prefer to drive than to take a bus. So let us know what have been your experiences taking long distance bus rides. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM eighty nine point nine, the Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.